This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. When we get an objection, we're not saying, oh no, let's go back to the previous part. We're saying, no, what is it going to take for us to get to the people that are going to be able to do this? And then we just go out and just, you know, you know, see how we can do that. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. My guest today is Yagazie Aguare, and she built an impressive photography business in Lagos, Nigeria. When Yagazie decided she wanted to be an entrepreneur, she knew she wanted to be more than a solo entrepreneur. At the beginning of her career, she was loading her gear into taxis to get to her clients' homes. And after only a few years, she now has a team of people who also do photo shoots. They help with marketing and everything else that comes with running a photography business. Yagazie shares so much about just how she maintains an over $2,500 average in Nigeria, how she finds her clients, and what it's like working with and managing a team of people. I am very honored to have learned more about her and what she does, and I'm so excited that I get to introduce her to you today. Okay, let's get started with Yagazie Iguare. Hi, Yagazie. How are you? Hi, Nikki. I am awesome. I'm doing very well. So excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I feel very honored. Will you tell everyone where you are located? So I'm in Lagos, Nigeria. So cool. Have you yes. always lived there? I have always lived in Nigeria since I was born, yes. But I have traveled quite a bit, but I'm currently based in Lagos. Lagos, it's one of the states in Nigeria. Okay. Very well, cool. Well, in major states, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And have you always been a photographer? I mean, at least in your adult life? Not always. So, well, this this year would be my 10th year as a photographer. Well, the 10th year I went into, I just started exploring my journey as a photographer. So when, if you say adult life from after university, then yes. But before, um, during university, no. Yeah, so I, I started photography 2012. That's when I really just went into photography. Yeah. Okay. Is that what you went to school for? No, no, no. So I <clears throat> I went to school. I studied as an optometrist. Oh, yeah. interesting. 
in school. Yes. <laughs> but all the while, though, I've been very fascinated about fascinated about photography, cameras and just, yeah. So I would always steal my mom's camera when, you know, when I was younger, I would take all the pictures. I would get lost in front in my computer, just editing. You know, I would do all of these things, but I never thought that I would be a photographer. I just thought it was one of those things that people just do on the side, you know, just like mm-hmm. a hobby. So nothing, nothing really serious. So, yeah. So it was after university that, you know, while I was done with university, I was I was sure that I wasn't going to practice. But I mean, usually after university, there is the two year compulsory. You'd have to do like an internship and you have to, you know, do some community service for the country for one year. So I was was certain that after I was done with those two years that I wasn't I wasn't going to practice, but I wasn't certain what I was going to do. But then again, you know, photography was that thing that I just had as a hobby that I really loved. And I was just like, you know what, let me just learn about this so that at least I can have something that I'm doing, you know, well. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't living in Lagos State at the time, which is more like it's like the cosmopolitan, you know, city of Nigeria. So I moved to Lagos State and that's when I got a bit of training and I saw that, you know, photography was, you know, well more advanced in Lagos than where I was coming from. And it was at that point that I realized, oh, wow, this is really what I wanted to do all the while, you know. And I think the major reason why I didn't see it as something that I could do, because I didn't really see good examples around me, you know, that portrayed photography in a successful way. So I thought, okay, you know what, this thing is not something for successful people and I'm going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. I always felt the same too, that photography was just a hobby, like growing up. It just wasn't a career that was ever encouraged by my parents or I didn't know anyone who actually made money doing photography. It was like just something we did for fun to take photos of your friends. Like it just, for some reason, it was just never something that I ever thought would be possible. So yeah, it's interesting. That's interesting, you know, because you would think, you know, we would think that, oh, no, it's that's just the way it is here. But I mean, hearing you say that, so apparently that's how it is every other place. A lot of my the people I've interviewed on this podcast have said the same thing. And like I had a dad, as, at least as a young girl before, you know, when I still live with them, where it wasn't like you're going to be an artist. I mean, it was you're going to be an engineer or a teacher or, you know, you're going to go to college. And like there just wasn't any discussion of creativity. So it's interesting how you went from optometry yeah. <laughs> to, to photography. Yeah, I know. Wow. You know, there was an episode we have, I'll have to look up what number it was, where her mom, I interviewed her, she's a photographer, her mom found out that she had cancer from a photo of her eye. Yeah, it was episode number 84, Zakira Muhammad. She, that's, her mom saw the, her eye and was like, something's wrong with her eye. And that's, she took it to an optometrist and that's how they found out she had cancer from a photo. Isn't that wild? Oh, Wow. Just look yeah. at that. Wow. I know. Well, anyway, okay, so so you come out of university, you know, studying optometry, and then at what point did you decide, I know you said that you realized, you know, once you went back to Lagos that it was like, okay, this is a possibility, but did you were just like, you said goodbye to your, your schooling and you were like, I'm doing this full time, or how did you do that transition? No, I definitely didn't. I mean, of course, you know, it wasn't, I... I was, I'm also coming from a background and, you know, parents that don't see photography as something that 
anyone ought to pursue mm-hmm. full-time. So after school, you know, everyone thought I was still, like I was playing, you know, they were just like, you know, of course I had to do the compulsory one-year internship. I had to do the community national youth service for one year again. So that's two years. So within those two years, I was still shooting, but then I was working actively as an optometrist. So my parents, they weren't worried because they were like, oh, you know what, you know, don't worry, you're going to get tired of this hobby anyways. <laughs> Is in it <laughs> like this is how these things go, right? But then you know, for me, I, I just kept thinking, like you know, I had always imagined, you know, I wanted a life that I was living it fully and just happy, and mm-hmm. I wasn't just chasing too many things at the same time. So by the time I was done with the second year, which was the time I was going to now make the decision, I started asking myself, would you be able to handle being an optometrist and a, and a photographer? And the answer for me then was no, because you know, I'm very driven, you know, and I was like if I'm going to be an optometrist I want to rise to the pinnacle of my career if I want to be a photographer I want to be very good at it so and there is absolutely no way I can be very good at two things at the same time so and I decided you know what I'm just going to chase one thing and it was that time when I I decided you know what this life is my life and I'm going to take responsibility for my life and I understand that my parents love me and you know every other person doesn't really understand or see what I'm seeing because I just saw I just felt like it was almost like I felt like this photography was it was just more than it was like a calling like there's something here for you and I felt so much joy and fulfillment Mm -hmm. and you know I didn't want anyone calling me a doctor of optometry I just told them just call me a photographer so it was at 2002 in 2014 that was a time that I right you know that was when I was done I was like you know what I'm just gonna go into photography but then again I'll tell my parents you know what I'm just gonna I'm still looking for a job you know (laughs) I will still get a job (laughs) just to get them to just be chill but as at, I think it was 2015, and I think I had a conversation with my dad, and he was still saying, you know, I used to try and get a job. At those point, I just told him, you know what, I'm not going to get a job anymore. This is what I want to do, and this is what it is. This is my life right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure it was hard for him, but then again, you know, I knew that I had to make that decision. So it wasn't, it wasn't easy, but it was one of the most courageous things I have had to do. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. And here you are 10 years later. And and to your parents, how do they feel now about what you do? I mean, they feel, they're happy and they're proud of me, you know, seeing all the different things I've been able to do and how I have evolved as a photographer and not just, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing now and I've evolved and it's not just me anymore. You know, I have, you know, I'm building, you know, a photography company and having, you know, it's now they're seeing me not just as a photographer anymore. They're seeing me, she's an entrepreneur, you know, that she's really Mm -hmm. good at what she's doing, you know? So they are seeing this evolution and it's, you know, they're happy about it and they're proud of it. And they've, you know, they're just at peace now with everything. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think our parents, they want what's best for us, right? And they, absolutely. They they see those careers that are stable and have good health insurance and good, or at least in the States, I don't know, you know, and it's like, they want what's best for us. And I've joked if my dad was alive still, when I switched out of my like really stable school, social work career, he would have been like, what are you doing? Like he would have been so pissed. (laughs) But, you know, know, it just takes time, I think, to prove that there is another life other than just these typical careers, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So speaking of success, I mean, it sounds like you have been really, really successful with what you do. So can you tell everyone just a little bit about what you shoot? You know, do you shoot in a studio, on location? Like, just give us a little summary of your business. So I am a portrait and wedding photographer. So I started out as a wedding photographer primarily well, yeah, 
more into business. So the first major job that I got was as a wedding photographer. And it's the usually it is the most common here, and I'm sure in most part of the world anyways. So I started out as a wedding photographer, but I, I realized that I've always been very, very fascinated about humans and just people. So after I had my first child, I realized that, you know what, I needed to go back into portrait because I felt like, you know, I was doing a bit of portraits, but then I needed to really go back into it in the sense that, okay, I mean, it would, it wasn't as time consuming. And then, you know, I also get the opportunity to really connect with people on, you know, more directly and yeah, explore that, this mm-hmm. fascination that I have about humans. As opposed to weddings, do you mean? Yeah, as opposed to weddings. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Just yes, to make sure. yes, yes. I was doing weddings first. So yeah. So then I went into portrait. So now I am primarily a portrait photographer. I do a little bit of weddings, but you know, right now the primary source of income is, you know, portrait photography. So, and I launched out, you know, fully um, into portrait from 2016, 2016, that was when I opened up, you know, my studio, Gasmado Studios, you know, I kind of rebranded from Gasmado Photography to Gasmado Studios. And, you know, I just really started this, you know, I started taking myself seriously and taking my business seriously and now asking myself, you know, why are you doing this? You know, what kind of business do you want to build? Who is doing what you're doing? And I believe, I think that was the year I really, I think I got into surprise education, I believe either 2015 or 2016. So right now I am a portrait and wedding photographer, primarily a portrait photographer. So really what I do is I'm very fascinated about the woman, right? And mm-hmm. I see myself as, you know, someone who celebrates and empowers the everyday woman to really see herself and, you know, become all that she has been called to do, right? So, you know, we do the, we do lots of personal branding portraits, we do glam portraits as well as family portraits as well. Yeah. Okay, very cool. So you do most of these things in studio and you yes. focus on photographing women. For the most part. Yes. Yes. So okay. we do most of these things in studio. We do a bit of on location, but since we have a studio, we do maybe 70% of our sessions happen in the studio and then the other 30% probably on location. Yeah. Okay. And you said we, is it just you on your team? Cause you said we, I'm just wondering if, if it's, you know, do you have other photographers or is it just you? Yes, I do have other photographers. So on my team, I have, I'm with a team of four photographers. I am the lead creative. And then I have three other photographers that also oh, work on the great. Me. Yes. Yes. Very cool. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works? <sighs> so um, it's very interesting um, because, you know, when I started out as a photographer, you know, in the business, I realized that I wasn't. I didn't necessarily want to build a solo business. You know, the the business I envisioned was mm-hmm. something that was going to involve other people as well as building other people and really getting them to align with, you know, the vision and, you know, what it is that we're really doing. So, you know, I started out, you know, having interns and, you know, really raising the interns and then, you know, they become they becoming photographers as well. And of course, ensuring that they were aligning to really what it is that we're doing and they also connected to it personally so I'm the I'm the lead photographer they associate photographers so there are sessions that are specific to me and then there are also sessions that my team takes and the clients are very much aware of that okay 
Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is it something that your team members, they have things that they're really good at and that they like doing and you stick with what you like doing? And is that kind of how, how you divvy it up? Yes. So let's say for one of the photographers, she's more into documentary. So she does a lot a lot mm-hmm. more of documentary photography. So when mm-hmm. we have like weddings and all of those, she's she's more involved, invested in that, you know, genre of photography. But the, my other team members that they also do portraits as well. Yeah. So some of the I mean, they shoot women mostly everybody shoots women the most you know we also shoot men but I think it's just about really getting people that understand and we're able to connect with what we do like you know the vision like our approach to photographing women and for them also they connected to that so it's not necessarily saying oh this is what we do you have to do it right but Mm -hmm. you also training them in such a way that you know, are they able to connect with this? Do you, do you see yourself doing, are you seeing, you know, you you know, do you see the transformation that I'll cause you connect with it? So I think that's one of the things I've been able to do with my team and um, getting to them to the point where it's not just, they're not just doing this out of the mere fact of, Oh, I just want to do this, but you know, they really, they personally connect with it. So those that shoot portraits love shooting portraits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And then I know people out there are going to be wondering, because we, we've had people asking lately, like, how do you add an associate photographer? How do you build a team or whatever? So I know people are going to ask how the pay works. Mm-hmm. Like, are people paid hourly? Are they paid, you know, a percentage of sales? Like, how do you manage that part of it? Um, so as of right now, we do a salary-based um, payment. Okay. Every photographer ends a salary at the end of the month, including myself inclusive. Okay. Yeah. So right, yeah. Cool. So not just maybe on um, some projects or when we have to do like out of town, you know, out activities. Then there's a bit of allowances that you know come with it here and there. Yeah. But you know there is. So really, where we we are. One of the things we really are, you know, doing more of is really creating a structured system around, you know, the work that we do in such a way that, you know, that allows people still get the benefits of, you know, being employed in an organization, you know, what it would be like being employed Mm -hmm. in an organization and not just, yeah. So, I mean, that's a system that has worked for me and, you know, that I am currently doing. So I didn't do the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, how did you find these people the people to work for you because I feel like that's one of the things that people struggle with is <laughs> you know finding people that work well on your team and are great with clients and are yes. planning on staying for a while like did you have yes. luck with that yeah I would say God's help so <laughs> we find them so we finding them I, I think one of the things is you know when I hire I, I don't necessarily well I haven't really gotten to the point where I'm just I'm just I just I'm just going out and hiring photographers so mm-hmm. I hire interns so I invest a lot mm-hmm. into training yeah I invest a lot into training <laughs> so training and building my team members raising them continuously so I think one of the why you know it's something that you know a lot of people find challenging because I also feel like it's not everybody that a lot of people are not really sold into training and really leading and also being you know carrying the team along as though they are part of you know you know because you can hire you can hire someone you say you have someone but then again you're running the business all by yourself and the person doesn't see themselves like I don't see myself in here I don't see, I don't know what is going on. I don't know like where are we going to and all of those things. So really carrying my team along and 
constantly, you know, having a very, very open line of communication where, you know, mm-hmm. we're able to go through everything, you know, consistently. But training has been a major, major core and, you know, really, really training them and also raising them as leaders in the sense that they take a lot of responsibility over Things. So over their clients, they take responsibility over their clients. So you're not going to have a session and then there's a difficulty. Then I have to come in and say, oh, no, 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 no. Unless it's like, a, you know, it gets to, you know, it's, it's something that's completely out of your hands. So even if there's a difficulty, I would guide you into solving it as against solving mm-hmm. the problem. So they feel like, you know, owners as well you know, being part of the business as against just, you know, being an employee or so when you're just working for yes. someone. I don't know if that kind I love of that. If, if that explains the yeah, that's really smart. It's really smart because I think sometimes there can become, you know, depending on the relationship, there could become some sort of like resentment towards mm-hmm. the boss or, you know, the yeah. one who's like maybe making more of an income, even though it's their business and they've built it. And so, yeah, so that's good. I love that. I love that mentality. Okay. So, you know, a lot of times people will say like, oh, you know, the prices that Sue recommends for industry <laughs> standard, like you can't, you can only charge that in New York or LA or Chicago, you know, in the States, maybe the, you know, London or some of these. And and I know Lagos is a very, very large city. Yes. But for people who say like, you can't do that here, like tell us a little bit about how it's been in Nigeria, you know, with, with your pricing. You know, I used to have, have that mentality as well. You know, when I started in surprise education and I think I'm like, what? I don't even understand this. Who is going to even pay this? Like, it's not even mm-hmm. possible. But I mean, one thing that helped me is, you know, also seeing someone that has been able to crack that. And that's someone being T.Y. Bello. And then I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, TY is able to do this. You know, there is, she's building, she has built a business around this and she's been able to attract the right people to her and to her brand. So what is it going to take? What do I need to do to be able to, you know, start to get people, you know, to understand or be able to value my work, you know, like this. And one of the things I realized is I had to believe first that it was possible. Mm-hmm, definitely. You know, <laughs> and I think, you know, just you just eliminating that, oh no, this only happens abroad. Because funny enough, right? Even as I now, you know, as at last year, you know, I was telling my team, like the most of our problematic clients are actually clients that come from abroad. You know, you know, they come from like the US. So, you know, like when they're coming from the US back to Nigeria and they're like, oh, you know what? You know, we're just going to get <clears throat> something cheaper here. And then we give, okay, we introduce, gotcha. oh, you're going to pay for a session fee. And then these are the images you're going to pay for and all of those things. Yeah, we find them more problematic, to be honest. Isn't uh, that than, funny? You know, Niger- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> the Nigerian-based clients, right? So I, I knew that, first of all, what I needed to work on was I needed to work on myself. I needed to work on my self-value, how mm-hmm, I saw mm-hmm. myself, how I valued myself. Because that was, you know, I needed to project an energy because I, I realized that is the energy that I project. That's really what people feed off and people, what people decide, okay, this is a reason why I'm going to buy or not buy. Right. And then one right. of the things I really did was I really soaked myself into all of the lessons that Sue teaches. Like, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm a sold out fan of Sue, you know, and really for everyone, you know, like the sales, everyone, I'm like thinking, okay, how can I apply this in my own market? Because I believe that the people, I mean, Nigeria is a, I mean, they are 
wealthy people here. There are there are so many people. There are lots of people that are that, that have the money and are willing to spend spend it. But the only thing is that do they see you as valuable enough to be able to spend that amount of money? Have you built a business that? That, that is able to communicate and attract the kind of value that you desire. So, you know, that was it for me. So I wouldn't say is, you know, it's from the clients or from, I, it was the work that I needed to, to do on myself. So the fact that before I didn't believe it was because I had undervalued myself. I had, you know, measured my value based on maybe what I was used to or where I was coming from or, you know, what I had in my pocket and all of those things and not understanding that, you know, there is so much value in the work that I do. And now understanding that this is also my responsibility to effectively communicate that to my clients and then mm-hmm. you know saying uh, getting a no doesn't necessarily mean it means maybe next opportunity or it means that oh, there's going to be another time and just being staying consistent and you know staying dogged and saying okay you know what this is what I want my average to be and this is what how many sessions is going to take for me to do this this is what the price is going to be and these are the, when when we get an objection we're not saying oh no let's go back to the previous price we're saying no what is it going to take for us to get to the people that are going to be able to do this and then we just go out and just you know you know see how we can do that yeah i, I love that i love that mentality and it it really does all come back to us and and it doesn't hurt that you have really beautiful work too. That helps. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like your of work course. is really gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love Thank all your you. color tones and just uh such such oh, beautiful work. Thank you. Coming from me. Okay, but yes, it does. It does go back so much to just what we're putting out there and being the photographer that people really want to book. And and when you feel that confidence and the value, it radiates from you and people want oh, that. Yes, 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 yeah. It radiates. So great. So, so good. Yeah. I had to talk to a client. I was talking to a client one day. She was like, the way you talk about this photography thing, I just want to, I want to do it. <laughs> so, and I realized that it was the confidence that I was exuding that, you know, people that it was just, that made it just so attractive. Yeah. Right, right. It's true. It's true. Okay, so then tell us a little bit about how your pricing works and your just your packages and your structure. Or do you have packages? Do you do a la carte and how your pricing works? Okay, so we have the personal branding sessions and then we have mm-hmm. the glam and the family sessions, right? So the pricing is a bit a little different for two the two of them. So with the personal branding section test sessions, we do the packaging, you know, where we just have, you know, one I think it's, it's two packages, two different packages that, that is inclusive of images, right? Okay. Because, you know, we kind of saw that, you know, people just wanted, you know, something that they could, you know, we had gone over it, over it, but we, we now settled at having a package system for that. But for glam sessions and the, the family sessions, we do the, you know, there's a session fee. People pay for a session fee. And um, our session fee, you know, the pay at... A minimum of two fifty thousand, which is about I think four hundred to five hundred dollars. Okay. Yep. And that's just the session fee itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's the session fee itself. Um, so the session fee covers, of course, the shooting time or the number of outfit changes. It comes with hair. It comes with makeup. It doesn't come with. So we don't necessarily we don't do wardrobe styling um, yet. So most times people come with their outfit changes and all. Yeah. Then afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, people now purchase their they purchase in packages. Yeah, the package is inclusive of the images, the wall portrait, and then you know, either the mounted prints depending on the package they choose or the albums. 
they can also okay. choose to go a la carte, yeah. So just okay, pricing great. their image. Yes. Awesome. And then do you know what your average sale is at this point? It's between two five to three thousand dollars. It's that oh, wow. it's that range. I need to get the exact, you know, as that when I calculated it towards the end of last year. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a really high average. That's incredible. Good for you. And and it's so cool too that you have this whole team around you. So it's not like you have to be the one constantly working and just yes, always yes. you know doing everything yourself. And to yes. have other people who are also bringing in income. And you're providing exactly. them with an amazing career. Like, yeah. it's so cool. And, and you know, they. I also challenge them to also have their own averages as well, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, they know what, what, you know, they know sessions that are specific to them and um, what, it, what they are bringing in. So I challenge them to have their, you know, challenge them to raise their average because they see how I consistently raise mine. So it's almost like you're building, you're, you're growing individually, but we're all together under, and, you know, under a business, under a company. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. I love this so much. It just, it feels like it's not that you just, and you said it, I'm trying to remember exactly how you said it. You didn't want to be a solopreneur. You wanted to have like a company sort of situation. Yes. yes. And I feel like going into that with that mindset is really, really smart. You know, there's just something about being able to to grow your team. And, and I think often people go into this as they're just going to be a photographer and it's just going to be them. That's how I went into it. It didn't even occur to yeah. me that I would have... <laughs> a team whereas it sounds yeah, like pretty early on <laughs> yeah yeah what are the what do you find are like are there any like difficulties or struggles with having having a team well <laughs> of course there are difficulties and there are struggles <laughs> you know things are not always going to go your way in the sense mm-hmm. that if you're a control freak so to speak you're going to get frustrated a lot, you know, because again, <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody is not working at the same pace as you are. You know, they have the, they can, they have the capacity to. Um, so, you know, just that's, it requires a lot of patience, right? And it also, it requires compassion and it, it requires a lot of commitment to raising people. And that's the way that I see it. So it's it's a great thing, but it's also a challenging aspect in the sense that, you know, things are going to go wrong and it's not going to be directly your fault. It's going to be from your team member. So you're going to need to apply a lot of emotional intelligence and leadership and, you know, what happens at when things go that way, right? So those, <laughs> those for me, I would say, you know, those are the challenges when you're just like, you know what, I do, I'm not sure I want to carry this number of people. Can it just be me? You know, the days that you're tired, you're frustrated, you just remember like, it's not just you. Like you can't just mm-hmm. wake up and say this is because there are people that are really holding on and hanging on to this, you know, with you. So it's great. But I, I would say that, you know, those are the areas that, you know, I've really found the most challenging just and yeah, also bringing sense. in someone new, bringing in someone new and really aligning them 
to what you stand for, to what your definition of excellence is, to what the brand is about, to what you guys stand for, what your values, what is your culture, what is all of those things, you know, because for me, it's not just about bringing someone in and saying, oh, you're just going to work for me. No, you have to fit into who we are, mm-hmm. yeah, what we represent, and you have to understand that and you have to be able to carry that, you know, along. I don't have to be here for, you know, someone to say, oh, this is a Gasmado studio, you know, they, to, for them to get the experience, yeah. So I, yeah, I think that's the, that's the challenging aspect of it for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I would, uh, yeah, I can definitely see all of those things. And, and it's funny when you said it's like, if you want to be someone who's micromanaging, I feel like, oh, that's going to be really hard. You know, <laughs> like hard. you have to kind of let go of the control for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And then let's talk a little bit about marketing. How do you, how do you market to get your clients and does your team help you with that? So as far as marketing is concerned, we've explored different marketing channels, um, you know, for our work. Not as much as we would love to, but we've explored quite a bit. Um, So for, I would say, one, we use social media. We do a lot of social media marketing, Mm -hmm. being very active and very intentional and strategic with, you know, our social media platform you know, social media ads, you know, um, to, for more brand awareness. So for us with social media is really getting more people aware of the brand and just being in the mind of people. We use email marketing as well. Email marketing has become one of the quite, you know, one that we've been, we've explored quite a bit in almost two years now and has been quite, quite interesting and, you know, quite successful as well. Because true, whoever comes into our, our system, so to speak, you know, we, we're kind of moving them into like a community. And referral marketing is also really major. And in fact, one of the major drivers for us, because we're very big on relationships. So we're very big on ensuring that our our clients keep coming back and they refer us to you know friends and families and you know we don't just hope that they do we actually request you know through our process which other way and collaborations collaboration has been big in terms of for the past three years consecutively we have collaborated with you know a Nigerian clothing brand in the beginning of the year so we do this major collaboration it's called the lady boss portrait so we collaborate with a clothing brand and together we come together to you know put together a campaign that is targeted at you know people, working people, you know, it's more, it's a personal branding campaign, but more extensive, but because through that collaboration, we've been able to leverage, you know, because they are also a, you know, a very well-known premium clothing brand in Nigeria and we as well. So that has helped, you know, really establish the brand a lot and really, really helped our marketing and um, also doing, you know, other two about, about three campaigns in a year. So those are, those I would say are the, Major marketing, um, networking as well, networking, networking as well. Um, those are the different channels that we've explored. This is really great. I, I think sometimes people think that there is just this. We, we get that question actually sometimes in the Facebook group where people are like, "What's the one thing you do that gets you clients?" And it's like, "Oh, there just isn't just one thing, <laughs> one no. thing." And you are a such a great example of you've got to put in the work with your marketing yeah. and your social yes. media is great. I mean, you have a, you have a pretty, you know, large social media following, yes. but social media doesn't always translate to booking. No, so yes, no. it's brand awareness. <laughs> and I love that you're, that you have the email marketing component, the collaboration component, this, you know, campaigns. It sounds like you've done a lot of, a lot of work to get where you're at with your business and it's great. 
Yes, yes. We've done a lot of work and we're still doing more work every single time because, I mean, the industry is growing more and more. And as much as it's great, I think it's, first of all, understanding that there are people that actually need your service and you have to go out there. It's a, it's a disservice to totally. yourself and to the universe that the people that need your work, they, do, they haven't seen it, they don't know about you and they don't know how to find you. So that's the way I see it. So I think that's one of the things that really drives me and say, see, there are people that we that need our work and it's our responsibility to ensure that we go, we look for all the different avenues to ensure we reach them. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yagazie, that was such a good way to put it because people are not going to just come to our door and find us. Yes. Like, even if they do need our services, we have to we have to find them. We have to show them that we're available. Yes. And sometimes it's not just sit one time. Like, okay, so let's talk a little bit about your email marketing because you said you tr- you kind of convert them into your community. How how does that work? So, I mean, we send we send out we try to keep our so anyone that comes into the Gazmando you in, comes into our funnel, whether you're coming in through maybe an inquiry, you came in through mm-hmm. a website or you're a client. I mean, we have different segments anyway, but then again, we have like a collective one. So we send weekly emails to our community, our email community to just keep them abreast of maybe what's going on, you know, let them know. We celebrate our clients, you know, maybe when they've done something and we put out maybe if there's any opportunity that, you know, someone, you know, maybe that we saw that would be relevant to maybe a group and maybe someone sees it. And then, you know, we also use that as an opportunity to now, you know, of course, remind them, you know, about having a session, let them know if there are any offers, if there are anything that we're, you know, really doing. What we're just trying to do is really get people to see us as a family sort of like you know sort of to build a community where they constantly have us top of mind and you know every time even if you haven't booked a session when you're ready you're still going to think about us if someone needs a session and you're like oh who's the first person you should think you want you to think about us so and because they have had an experience with us you know so to speak maybe we've had a consultation so with them you know so it would be easier for them to book us than someone that just comes through Instagram because the person has had no, you know, no experience with us whatsoever. So that's why we're really holding on strongly to that, you know, and yeah. Absolutely. I, oh, I love that. And I think sometimes people think just because a client maybe isn't ready now or they, they're not, you know, interested in booking now doesn't mean that they won't ever. You're just like priming them for when they are ready. Yes. Exactly what you just said. Oh, yes. So yes. smart. It's so good. So good. I love that. I'm in the process of of redoing and revamping my whole email community right now because <laughs> I realize I just have not put the time and energy into it. And I'm so, totally. so, so excited to do it. It's one area in my marketing that I've fallen flat on. And I'm, I'm, you've just got me really excited. I'm so pumped to do this, to just contribute more to email instead of like social media can be so draining and I'm to the point where I'm, it's just so, I'm so, it's like my psyche needs a break, but I still want to be able to, you know, be in touch with my community and, and book clients and everything. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about my email list. I'm glad you brought that up. And yeah. Is there anything that you have found to be really helpful with email, like email lists? Like, okay, let's talk about the logistical part of it. Like, is there a specific you know, company that you've used? Do you do it yourself? Did you hire someone? We do it ourselves um, because 
for so we I started with Mailchimp. I just Mailchimp was great, but I just the uh, Mailchimp interface. I'm not sure that I'm so that I love it that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we moved into another convert kit. So convert kit has been great. So with writing the emails, we do it ourselves in house. I don't necessarily do it myself. So there's someone, someone in my team that is in charge of that. And awesome. it's her responsibility to ensure that, you know, email goes out to our client base every week. So, I mean, we just vet what the, what's on the email, ensure that it gets the approvals. Yeah. Very cool. It sounds like you have built yourself a really amazing business. I love it. Thank you, Nikki. It's been a lot of work. <laughs> It's so much work to be a busy to be a, to be an entrepreneur. I don't know why people like I I was talking to someone the other day and I was just like, why do people just sit down and say, you know what, I just want to go into my own business. It's great nonetheless, but then again, they never tell you like it's going to be this much work. You're going to be this, <laughs> you're going to be that, you're going to be the marketer, you're going to be I mean, you're going to be everything know, until you start to lose your mind and you realize, "Oh my god, I need help." <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. It's true. Although I will say it's like I feel like now that you have all of these pieces built, it, wait, okay, so you've been a photographer for 10 years, but building this particular side of your business with your team and everything, that has only been a couple years, right? Yes. Yeah. So I feel like give yourself a little bit more time and I bet you it isn't oh, going to yes. be so much work. It's like we yes. have to put it all in at the beginning and then eventually, like with networking meetings, for example, I used to go to networking meetings like two times a month, sometimes three times a month. I don't even go to them anymore because the referrals just keep have kept coming from them. So it's like you have to put the work in ahead of time in order, you know, building the website and everything. Yeah. But then you've got this amazing website and all you have to do is update it from time to time. From time to time, absolutely. I think consistency is actually major to everything that we do. You know, not doing it for the first time and you don't get the results and then you pull away. You, you actually have to stay there sort of and the rewards come you know a bit much you know it might not always come as fast as you desire it to but it doesn't mean that it's not working right that is a very wise statement right there and I don't want to scare people away by saying how much work it is but I think it's also everything doesn't have to be done at once you don't have to have your email list your social media your collaborations Mm, you know everything done at one time just start somewhere oh no no definitely not definitely not definitely not because I I didn't have all of this like I didn't have I mean it was just like I like it was just me it was really just me I didn't even have a car when I started as a photographer I would go to clients houses I would book a taxi I didn't have an assistant I would carry everything I would set it all myself and I would shoot them myself so it's like you're getting to here and it's like no that's not the entire story let's go back again and just realize that see we have been growing through this there's been a process to this I didn't just wake up and you know and there's there's so much more ahead and um, I think I think that it's very important that you mentioned that because it's easy to just feel like oh you know for me to get here I'm gonna do you have to start anyways right it's until you start that you start to you know the the way is like clarity comes while you're moving it doesn't come while you're staying in one place and trying to figure it all out you have to just start you have to just take one step and then you you know you start having more clarity as you keep moving yeah 
Definitely. And I would assume that it was probably hard back then when you didn't have a car and loading all your gear into a taxi. It and was so hard. <laughs> like that sounds really hard as well. So I think sometimes we forget that, yes, what we're going through now with successful businesses feels hard. But when we look back to where we were, when I was like charging next to nothing and yeah, constantly yeah. like editing my time away and yes. backbreaking oh weddings gosh. and all of these things. It's like, we have yes. to look at this, where we were versus where we are at now just yes. to have pers- some perspective, you know? Very important. Very, very important because it was really hard and I would do everything. I would edit for hours. I would not sleep at night. I mean, those Same. are part of the things that made me go into a bit of education because I think that a lot of people, you know, get the wrong perspective when they're starting. And I'm just like, see, this has been, you know, I had, my family was suffering. I had, I had my first child yeah. and I thought, then I thought I was just going to life was just going to be the same. I didn't realize that. Wait, when you become a mother, <laughs> it is a different <laughs> ball game altogether. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, it's just been so many curveballs, so many. Yeah. How many kids do you have now? I have two kids, two girls. Two kids. How old are they? Six years and four years in two months. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they were like babies, like little when you were building all of this. Yes, they were. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they were babies. I mean, now they are still babies. They're not like grown or anything. You know, mm-hmm. so I still need, I'm very, very much invested as a mother and, you know, yeah, with their upbringing. So it's just, I, I got to a point where I realized that you might, it's, it, it, it's still the same de- destination, but like the routes could change, Right. And just being open to changes along the way and seeing, you know, as your life changes, as your, you know, things change around you, what are the things, what are the modifications that need to come in in order to, you know, make this. So it's not necessarily, so the way I was as a single woman is not necessarily how things are, you know, still going to be, what changes need to be made in my life, you know, so that I still have a life. I'm still present for my family and I'm still able to run a business. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. It really, truly is not letting our business take over our life to the point where we're not enjoying it and enjoying our family and our just time doing whatever yeah. it is that we want to do besides work and and finding a way to balance it all. It is really just, just as important as having a, a stable income. It's yes, yeah, yes. So. It's just realizing that every all those parts are really also important aspects of my life. Very important mm-hmm. aspects of my life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it. Well, awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. I do have a a couple more questions that I always ask at the end of each episode, if you don't mind answering those. That's fine. And the first one is, what is something you cannot live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Music. Music. That's like my camera. Music, yeah. Nice. Is it just provide like the vibe of the shoot? You know, does it get you excited? Yeah. So like the atmosphere. So atmosphere is really very important for me. So it creates an atmosphere that, you know, sort of allows every other thing. So because, I mean, photography is not just, it's not just take your camera and shoot. It's, yeah, the mood has to be, the atmosphere has to be right. So also so that the clients, they're comfortable and they're able to, they're just, they just feel, yeah. So music yeah. really does help, yeah, a lot for awesome. me, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, the second one is, how do you spend your time when you're not working? 
when I'm not working, I spend my time with my family, my husband and my kids. <laughs> they, they, I mean, my kids are a handful. I'm a, I love spending time with my husband and my kids are a handful. I mean, they're enough to take the, all my time when I'm not shooting. Um, but aside that, I also, um, I also love to spend time with friends. I, I, I love to eat. So I go out to nice restaurants and I eat food. I love exploring restaurants. So I do that. Yeah. Me too. I'm the same. My kids are three and five, so they could also take up all my time. But I swear, I spend so much time eating out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. If I were to come to Lagos, I would love for you to take me to your favorite restaurants. Oh, yes. We have a lot of them in Lagos. You would love them. I can imagine. Yeah, very cool. Okay, number three. Do you have a favorite inspirational quote? So, I mean, I'm very... A lot of the work that I do is very anchored on my my belief in God. So any my inspiration quotes would come from the Bible. And I would say like Psalm 16 verse 8, and it just says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he's right beside me. So it's one of the scriptures that I, I love it a lot because it just reminds me that no matter what happens, you know, you're good. You're always going to be good. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yes. Okay. And number four is, what would you tell people who are just getting started with this whole photography journey? I would say photography is such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful career. It's such a beautiful journey. Like it has been one of the, you know, I found it so fulfilling. I found it so beautiful. I found it you know, and if this is what you really desire to do, just go for it, you know, and understand that your journey is unique and it's specific to you. And there are people out there, no matter, regardless of how many photographers that are out there, there are still people out there that are for you. So I would say, let nothing stop you, but just start. You just have to start. And as you keep moving, clarity, you know, you gain more clarity. And of course, very, very major is, you know, just don't underestimate the importance of investing in knowledge. Like, I think that's usually like, it's not enough to just get your gear. Yes, get your gear, but you would fast track your growth ridiculously if you invest consistently in the right knowledge. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. Surprise Education is just amazing at, you know, it has been, it, it's, oh gosh, I can't even thank Sue enough because it has been one of the, I could, you know, my story would never be complete without, you know, talking about Sue and Surprise Education and how much it had helped. It has helped me as a photographer. And I think I speak for, you know, so many photographers out there, you know, and it, it's such an amazing platform, such a gift, such a gift. Yeah. So that's what I would yeah. say. Definitely. A lot of people feel that way. So it's, you know, it's always, it's always nice for her to hear that for sure from different, you know, different people. So awesome. And you also kind of give back, like if people, well, first of all, I always ask, where can people find you online? But I also want to make sure you mention that you give back with your own ed- education, that you have your own education platform, right? Yes. Yes, I do have, you know, I'm very inspired by Sue as well. I have my educational platform here for photographers and, um, and essentially creatives. And what we are doing with Gasmada Education is really, you know, elevating the perspective people have of photography, you know, in Nigeria and within Africa and um, really helping 
photographers, creatives to up-level their skills and build successful businesses so they can impact their world with their distinct gifts and talents. So um, through the platform, we've been able to at least empower, you know, up to 7,000 photographers. We have quite a robust email community and, um, I also run programs where I help, you know, other photographers that are just starting out, people that are just going into photography, you know, a beginner's photography program. It's an online-based beginner photography program that helps people that are just going into photography on exactly the step-by-step way on what and what they ought to do and, you know, how they need to go about it. Because I find that, you know, it's something that it's not common out there. And as, and as, as much as YouTube is great, YouTube just, just doesn't give you a, you know, a structured knowledge system where you can just yeah. say, you know what, let me just <laughs> get this. And, you know, it's just a bit all over the place. And I realized that was something that people needed. And um, with the business as well, also helping, you know, just budding starting photographers to just say, how do you just put your business together in such a way that, you know, and how do you start to change the way that you see yourself in such a way that you can build something that's, you know, that would be consistent and that lasts for a bit. And for anyone that is trying to say, okay, I want to, I love the business model that you're doing. And, you know, this is what I desire, you know, and just, you know, guiding them through it. So that's essentially what we do with Gasmadu Education. In in addition to that, we also, we, we, we just did for the first time is hosting a conference, the Art um, the Business and Creativity Conference. We hosted the first one last year in November, November 30th, 30th and December 1st. And it's essentially just a conference for creatives generally, you know, anyone of creative in this sense, just empowering creatives with you know, yeah, really. So awesome. th- that that's those are the aspects of the work that we do with Gasmand Education. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. And then if people are looking for you online on social media on your website, where should they go? So if you're looking for me online at Gazmadu, G-A-Z-M-A-D-U, that's my personal business, you know, um, handle at Gazmadu Education for the education and Gazmadu Studios. That's for the portrait for our work. Yeah. For website, www.gazmadustudios.com, www.gazmaduedication.com. Those are the two websites. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks again. I really, really appreciate you coming Thank on. Thank you, Nikki. Yeah, yeah. This has been really great. And I'm hoping that, you know, people in Nigeria and just will hear your story and be like, okay, <laughs> if she can do it, I can do it. And, you know, Absolutely. it's always so great to just inspire other people. And yeah, I appreciate you sharing everything with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to subriceeducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.
It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and eight frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.